host of this show, Max Naist, lived in addiction for years and made lots of destructive choices, which resulted in losing friends, family, and his career. After being in jail for the fourth time, he knew he needed to make some big changes. Now, sober for 17 years, he shares the steps he took, which led to recovery and got his life back. Welcome to Fearless Happiness. 19.7 million American adults have battled a substance use disorder. 38% of adults have battled an illicit drug use disorder. But no matter what the struggle, no matter the challenge, you can overcome anything and become successful. Max and his guests share experience, strength, hope, and faith. If it's PTSD or military-related, trauma, physical, verbal, sexual addiction, alcoholism, you can accomplish your dreams. And with this show, we help others be fearless in their pursuit of happiness. This is Fearless Happiness, and this is Max Naist. Welcome to the Fearless Happiness Podcast. Today I have a very special guest, Mark Jennison from I'm a Comeback, but I'm going to let him introduce himself and what he does and who he is because I have a feeling today, audience, that this is going to be a great, great episode. So Mark, take it away. Let people know who you are, what you do, and thank you for being a guest today. Absolutely. Listen, Max, thanks for having me on here, man. I appreciate it. Just a little bit of that four conversation we had before we got on here, right? Like it was I didn't know about the similarities and stuff. I just came on and it was a recommendation. So I'm, I'm grateful and thankful to be here. I'll give your listeners a little bit about who I am. My name is Mark Jennison. I'm the founder and creator of I'm a Comeback. Uh, what I am a comeback is, is much larger than what Mark Jennison is. It's, it's how I'm building immortality in my life to be able to create a future and a vision, kind of like we just mentioned, that's going to touch millions and millions and millions of people. At the core of what I am a comeback is, is my message is real simple. You got to own your shit. You got to be able to take your, your greatest struggle and turn to your greatest strength. Right now, the way that I Right now that I'm positioned via Facebook or Instagram or advertising or whatever, it's essentially alcohol that we deal with, right? Like, but it's so much more than that. We actually operate off of what's called the, the four pillars of sedation, drinking drugs, infidelity, and food, right? Those are kind of the big issues, the surface level issues that I believe a lot of people need to be free from. They keep them right. from being fearless and keep them from being happy, right? Honestly. So I'm a comeback. It's, it's a mission to serve and liberate men and women across the world. We're on a global platform right now got clients all over the place and, and doing a real big thing, just making people's lives better. So we could get into my story if you want, but that's what I'm a comeback is. And that's kind of what I'm here to talk about. I'd love to hear part of your story because the whole premise of, of my podcast is to show people like where they've come from, the challenges they face, the struggles they went through, how they got through them, and then how to show the world how they stay on top, how overcome those challenges, right? So it's not just about addiction. It's not about just military PTSD, but it's all the stuff that people go through, at least you know, the group, you know, I'm a part of Apex, right? How a lot of those leaders have overcome their struggles and are like absolutely successful today, like yourself. So you go as deep as you want or as not want or whatever, but this is about you today. And um, I just want the audience to get to know you a little better. Cool. So yeah, I actually just spoke down at Ryan's. Uh, he brought me in for Apex, I believe it was two weeks, two or three weeks ago. I was down there on a Friday afternoon. I flew in and uh, spoke to his, his high-end clients. And it, I shared my story with them for about an hour, hour and 15 minutes or so. Um, so I'll share kind of the same thing. Man, I've been addicted to everything. Um, drugs, alcohol, lying, women, like you, you name it. Like everything, everything in my life, anything bad, I really, really liked. But at the same time, I've been addicted to everything good, right? Creating businesses, being a good father. Like, so I don't look at addiction as it's a bad thing. I look at it like it's obsession, right? And I look at the word addiction, obsession, these words, 
people look at them like they're negative, dude. I don't ever think they're negative. I think those are great things. I think those are gifts. I think that the fact that I didn't know how to use them was the problem, right? I didn't know how to use the addiction or the obsession, if you will, to be able to uh, do good things. Now I got that figured out. So here for me, man, started off drinking 14 years old, came from a rough childhood, um, parents fighting back and forth, back and forth, pretty much, um, about 14 years old, my parents split up. My dad took off with my brother so they could go chase him. A motorcycle dream, right? My brother was a real good amateur motocross racer, then went on to be a pro. And so they were going to go live and chase that dream. And mom was going to get her first sense of freedom in her life. And Mark was left to figure it the fuck out. Right. Um, right. And everybody's got a sad story. My life was not good from, from the time I was young, right? We came from nothing built, you know, most people who are successful build from nothing. Right. And I was just one of those mm. people. Well, fast forward into my twenties, man. I took all the, all the anger, all the suffering, all the drinking, all the pain, all the learned habits, uh, you know, starting to drink consistently into my Southern California, where I developed a pretty strong crystal meth addiction on top of drinking every single day. Right. Yeah. So by 22, 23, 24, 25 years old, uh, you know, I smoked meth all day long, every day, living this double lifestyle. I remember Max, I'll tell you a story. Um, pre comeback about what, 26 years old. I think I flew home uh, for the weekend and was supposed to be for a weekend. I flew home with six grams of crystal meth taped to the inside of an Axe spray bottle, right? Like Holy on the shit. airplane, like just fucking thinking about it now, just crazy, crazy shit. Anyways, man, I, I lived out there and um, I was addicted to that. I drank every day. Um, I should mention this part. I had an uncle. So through my childhood, the most solid piece of my life was my uncle was my dad's brother. He was like, literally like the father that I, that I really needed. He was where I learned entrepreneurship from where I learned the good and the bad of my life. Right. Like the, who I am today was spawned from him. And he was, uh, he was always there for me. Uh, he, he had three daughters and I was like the son that he never had. And long story short, man, he was battling cancer when I was out there living in California. And he, they didn't know if he was going to make it or not. So they put together this event, this family reunion thing for me to fly home, which is when I flew home with the six grams of meth. My life was unraveling out in California, right? Like it was just, I was climbing the ladders. I were climbing the ladder of success. I worked at Monster Energy Pro Circuit, Kawasaki. Like I, my life was good. It was awesome. I don't know where you live right now, but I was really involved in the California. Motorcycle. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, man, it just, you know, the, the double life hit and by day I'm doing these really cool things on dirt bikes by night. I'm, I'm in the scummiest places you could be. And when I flew home, um, turned out he didn't die, but I stayed. So I flew home with the six grams and I stayed there. And the reason I'm talking about this is because, um, that's kind of when my life took shape. Like I, for the first time I'd lost everything. Yeah. I flew home with three pairs of clothes and that's oh, it wow. backpack. So my car, my bank accounts, everything was just was there and I didn't even give a shit about it. He went on to beat the, uh, the cancer, okay, which was really, really cool. But what happened, Max, is he got a clean bill of health on a Friday, and he ended up dying on Wednesday on his motorcycle. He went out riding with his buddies, drinking all day, right? Yeah, wow. And the next thing you know, we're going to his funeral. So what happened is the day that he died, and he, he was like, like I said, my father, this feeling inside of me said, I need to make this dude proud. So he had this small little trucking company that was in shambles and falling apart every day. And while he had cancer, people were stealing from it. The day that he died, I went into it, and I said, you know what, I'm going to do something. I'm going to make, try to make them proud. Well, the company was too far gone. I knew nothing, but I knew nothing about trucking, but I knew I wanted to make him proud. I started something up brand new from what he had. And I went on to build a, uh, a very, very successful trucking company from that. We went from one semi to 43 semis, 78 employees, wow. multiple warehouses across uh, Wisconsin. And, you know, I made, I made in gross top line. I did from the time I was 26 to, to 33, 30, yeah, $5 million in gross gross revenue, right? But as the money kept coming in, the addictions kept being fed, the obsession kept getting 
It just went from drinking a little bit to drinking a lot. We're doing more drugs. Like that's all that really happened. I didn't fix any of that shit. So by day, everything I'm doing is touching to gold. And by night, again, it's falling apart. The patterns had been the same, right? Only this time I had a little bit more money. Basically what happened, I went on to run that company and build it up. I had some issues. I wasn't paying attention to business, got in some trouble with the IRS. Pressure was getting on. I was not facing, doing things the right way. One day I get a letter from the IRS that says, hey man, you got about 30 days to get this thing figured out, right? Otherwise we're going to seize all your bank accounts and do all that shit. Well, I decided to do like a, a pivot plan, right? And what happened was I went into bed with these other people that I was doing business with and I thought they were going to help me. What happened is they fucking, they didn't help me to help themselves right to everything that I earned and I was out. Wow. So here I am. At this time too, I'd already had a three, four-year-old son. I, mean, I could go on and out. We, have, we don't have a whole lot of time here, but long story short, bro, I'm telling you all these things because in my life, I had seven major relapses. And when I talk about the seven major relapses, I'm talking they came at death, you know, like a, a death or a two business losses, divorce, massive catastrophic, just fucking bam, right? Like right. Taking over. I had thousands, <laughs> many, many relapses, right? Just probably like yourself, man, I'm never going to do the come Monday. I'm done. God, just please take this away from me. I'm done, right? right? No, you know, yeah. I said all that same shit and, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, and, I ne- and it never would happen, but the seven major ones literally fucking took from me. So I went on, man. I, like I said, I went on and on and on. I lost that first, first company. I, after I lost that first company, I was down in the shitter. I was suicidal. Um, I was selling my house, my, my hot tub, my bicycles, my cars, like everything I could do just as fast as I could make money. I was drinking it away and snorting it away and fucking smoking it away. Just fucking in, out, in, out, in, out. Right. So what happened one day is I was writing a suicide letter um, because I had a $3 million life insurance policy and I was writing it to my son and going to say goodbye to him. And I got hit with a voice that said, you're not done yet, right? You're not done yet. So I stood up, got myself sober, ended up, you know, with (laughs) 12 days, the worst 12, I shouldn't say the worst 12 days, some of the worst days of my life, 12 days, sweating, shaking, puking, getting it out of my body. (laughs) Um, And then I decided to build another business out of that, right? I turned it into uh, another $6 million business in 10 months from nothing. Right. So I built this thing up again. Um, and what I meant, what I failed to mention between losing the first business and creating that second business was about, fuck, I don't know, three months, three, four months. And what happened was for the first time in my life, I'd done heroin. The first time that I did heroin, it took one of my best friends from me. I remember the day, clear as day, like literally I, I put myself, I made a choice and a decision, which is part of my message to be um, in this situation, doing something I shouldn't be doing. And it took someone else's life, not because I did the choice. He obviously did the heroin and his body, right, right. right. But, but, and I didn't see him. I didn't give it to him. I had no involvement in it, but because I put myself in that situation, I feel the guilt. You talked about PTSD and stuff like that survivor's guilt, which maybe many of your people feel. I, I live with it every day. That's a real, it's a real, real thing, right? That's a real thing. I know my brother committed suicide, lost his battle to addiction. So I know what you're talking about. Yeah. It's fucking gnarly. And anyway, so, so as I'm, I lose that first business and my, my ex-wife divorces me and or she divorces me. I lose the business. I get hit with uh, my buddy dies of the heroin overdose. Then they're looking at trying to pin all the, the pressure on, like all the murder, I guess, or whatever you want to call it. Right. On me, right. Then I build another business up. I get myself sober. I drive it up to uh, $6 million. I say, this isn't for me. I walk away from it. That comes crashing down. I have more fucking financial debt. I relapse again. Right. So you can kind of get the drip, the, the, absolutely the right. The last one, finally, even after all that, like fast forward another year, this is how I met Ryan and probably part of the reason we're connected here is I had to go sell cars, right? I had to go, I'd made millions of dollars in and out of rehabs, fucking struggle over and over and over, losing everything. And I said, you know what? I got to take care of this kid. And um, I went and I sold cars. I put myself, I got myself clean and sober for 
fuck, I don't know. Uh, we'll see uh, December, January, February, March for about four months, four or five months there. After all these other relapses, what happened is I started leaving these Saturday morning meetings with three, four or $5,000 cash. Right. I was selling cars. I got really, really good at it. I was a top producer. Right. And all of a sudden when you have that money and you're doing it and it's easy, the next thing you find yourself at the bar, the strip club, and also these old people that you shouldn't be around or back in your life and <laughs> right. on top of the world. Only this time you don't give a fuck because it's just cash. And it's like a never ending supply of sales. And, uh, the same thing happened. I relapsed. Dealership put me in rehab. I went in uh, the day after my my birthday, which was uh, June 11th. And I went in, I blew a 0.367 and I failed everything on the drug test except for marijuana. Right? Holy and, moly. This, this, <laughs> this was 2015. And uh, yeah, so I went in there, man. I did the stay in there. I lied my way through it. I had some real massive things happen in there, which have helped create this program as far as like, even though nothing got fixed, things happened that just weren't ready to, to come out into what they are now. Like the world was aligning me with this vision, this I'm a comeback thing. And it went on to fucking help thousands of people, but did the 21 days. I think it was 21 or 28. I don't remember the exact amount. Well, do the math. I went in the 11th and I got out the third of July. So however many days that is, which was 4th of July weekend. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I literally got out 4th of July weekend. Right. Which is one of the biggest party days of the year. And I live in Wisconsin where everybody drinks. It's just, just built into you here. Right. <laughs> but, what happens, Max, is I get out of rehab and I have all intentions of actually trying to make this work. Um, and at this time, my son, which I hadn't seen, I, you know, I didn't talk about the stuff. I hadn't seen him and it was just a fucking mess. I was being a bad dad. Um, I get out and I relapse in six hours. That's all it took. And then I went on the worst bender of my life. I said those 12 days, those 12 days of withdrawals were bad, but that next bender was even worse. I was trying to kill myself, right? Like, yeah. I, but I didn't have the balls to pull the trigger. So I thought I would drink and drug myself to death and it just didn't work. All I did was make myself sicker and sicker and sicker. And right. You probably know how that works. And my body's like, no, man, you're not done. No, you you got to fucking feel more of this pain. You idiot. <laughs> right. I get and, that. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, brother, I, um, I did that. I ended up going to Florida and this is a pivotal thing. And, and I'll give the mic to you if you want to ask some questions, but, um, I got out, like I said, I relapsed. I went through those, those, those nine days. My brother put me on down to Florida. I hadn't talked to my son. I didn't even have a cell phone. I got myself a little flip phone somehow down there. My mom got me one or whatever. I'm not working. I'm still, I'm stealing alcohol out of the houses that I'm staying at. I'm filling it back up with water, right? Going to the, like everything I can do, just your, your classic. Here I am on top of the world, making millions of dollars to the, to the bottom of the barrel guy, right? Like literally doing those actions. And, um, my ex-wife, I remember these moments, I kept calling because I'm like, I'm feeling so guilty. I want to just talk to my son to let him know I love him. I know I'm doing wrong, but all I'm really doing is being a bitch, right? And trying to right. get her to let me talk. That's all I really was doing is being a fucking bitch. And so I'm calling and calling and calling. Finally, she answers and she says a whole bunch of things like this. You're a piece of shit. The world's better off without you. Why don't you kill yourself? Why don't you write your, the rights off to your son? He deserves better than you. And I start, I'm like, you know what? She's right. When I'm at the lowest point, I believe like, you know, she is right. So again, I'm like, fuck, I'm just going to write it off. I'm going to, I'm not going to try to chase success anymore. I'm not going to try to do anything. The kid's better off without me. And I, uh, I'm, I'm just going to stay here in Florida and I'm going to try to get a job, get it together. So I go and I try to interview for a job as a parking lot attendant, valet Parker. Right. And I sit down and he goes, yeah, we can kind of work you out. And it's at a bar. Right. So what, of course I'm lining my vision up with bar <laughs> girls, drinking fun. Right. Like, you know, I don't want to grow up at the time. I'm a 34 year old man. So we talk about it. The guy says, yeah, you know, we can, we can talk about it more next week and, and get you in here and get to be a beer. I grab the beer. I go out to the beach. I actually have a picture of the, the beach and um, I sit down and I'm drinking the beer and I'm like, fuck, this is going to be okay. I tell myself it's going to be okay. I remember the pink sky, the blues, like pink and blues and wind. Right. And I voice and said, are you ready to listen to me now? 
and I answered it. And I mean, cause dude, I've done so many drugs and just, I'm a little bit crazy as it is. I'm like, fuck, I answered <laughs> audibly and I'm looking around and I'm like, fuck, dude, did someone really talk to me? Right. Or am I going nuts here? Anyways, I answered the, vo- the voice, man. I, re- I-, I listened to it and I stood up and I said, I'm going home. I'm going to get my life together. So I had to go back and I had to beg myself back for the job, beg my, beg for my job back from the dealership. Um, they gave me a job. They gave me an opportunity, but they said, Hey man, you suck. We hate you. Fuck off. Right. If, if you're so good, prove to me that you're that good. And I went on max to, to, um, sell 90 cars in 90 days and finish off. Even though I missed two months of time in the dealership, I smoked everybody in the top sales. I started making these videos. It's about the time I met Ryan Stuman. Um, and I've been hard at it since man. In my program, for me, July 27th, which was yesterday, was six years since I had a drink, right? Or drugs. Or Congratulations. Um, thank you. For me, though, bro, I don't, uh, I don't really count days. It just doesn't work for me. Right. And I agree with you. And I'll tell you, like I tell my clients, I go, I don't want you to count your days, right? Because that's when they start tripping. They forget or whatever. Well, what I do is, and I say, just remember the day you got sober. So whatever your sober or clean date is, right? So, and here's why I was taught. If you remember it, if you forget it, you're bound to get a new one, right? So I've remembered mine since September 27th of 2003, because I had one of those moments kind of like you. That's you're right. Where there's a lot of similarities here, but yeah, I don't count. I tell my clients, don't even count your days. I don't even want right. to hear how many days. I you tell them to count count memories, moments, and experiences. Right? Go make more mm-hmm. of that shit. Go maximize your life. Go turn this struggle into strength. Do something positive with your life, because I believe if anyone's out there struggling, and it doesn't have to be just alcohol. Exactly. It could be anything. Any struggle you have out there. Like you need to just live your life in the right way. And what I I found is, so nobody taught me shit. I created everything that I've done. I I, like all these seven apps and all this, this platform that I built all came from years and years and years of pain, struggle, despair, and putting this thing back together. But what I tell them is that the minute you allow your mind to anchor in on a number or a date or an hour or a second, you lose because all you've really done is give power to something else when you need to hold the power, which is why it didn't work with me inside of, uh, we, we mentioned this on the talk earlier. It, right. it, it, it didn't work. For me. It just does not make sense for me to raise my hand and say I'm powerless. This is not how I work. It's not how I operate. Doesn't mean that I don't fuck up and sometimes make mistakes. Also, Absolutely. looking at that my life is unmanageable. And I always ask myself, why is it unmanageable? It's unmanageable because I fucking made shitty choices. And at the end of the day, I just made poor choices. And I liked the poor choices. That's, I think, a difference. Many people don't want to admit that they like them. They just want them to be taken away and they don't want to own them. And they, they take this victim, woe is me mentality. And they'll never solve a problem that way. Or they might solve a problem. They're just going to transfer it over to something else and say they've been sober, but they're never going to get, they're never going to be truly happy. I, right. I just don't believe, right? So, right. so that, man, that, that's a little bit about my story. And it's uh, how we got here today, man. It's been, a, it's been a journey. Yeah, and it's quite a journey, right? So I like, here's the similarities, right? Meth and alcohol were my favorites, right? <laughs> One did not go without the other, right? But what happened was for me is like, I got sick of smoking it. So I started using the needle, right? And so I know that, that you know, I know you probably had those days you looked in the mirror and just went like, I don't even want to look at this guy right now. You know what I mean? Like, that's why towards the end of my usage, I would always do my shaving and brushing. Like Not like I have a lot like you, you know, beard wise and stuff, right. but I would always do it in the shower because I did not like the guy that I was seeing in the mirror, right? Like I was ashamed. I was just like, you know, I had part of my story is I didn't see my kids for nine years because drinking and drugging was way more important, you know, that that became my lover, my best friend, my everything, right? And like, that's why I so appreciate you sharing, getting real and raw here on this because people need to know that it's not just always alcohol or drugs. It could be anything you struggle with, right? That holds you back. Like Ryan likes to say from being the best and most elite version of yourself, right? And living that life on purpose or in purpose on purpose, as my friend Chris says, coming from that background, right? 
you made it sound well i'm saying some of the audience might go wow wow he he gets everything back quick but they didn't hear that like you had to work your ass off like when you heard that voice that was like my voice was actually my mother the last time she visited me in jail when i was looking at three years in prison right going you're no longer welcome at my home if you come near my home i'm going to call the police and my neighbors see you if i'm not there they're going to call the police what are you going to do it was like right. God or this being, the universe spoke to me and said like, yeah, what are you going to do different? Right. For me. So it was like definitely a life-changing moment where I, I gave her the best answer ever. And that was, I don't know. I don't know. You know, and she started crying. I said, what are you crying for? I got to go back here. You get to go home. And she's like, right, right. the best answer you ever gave me. Right. Which I look at now was he was right because I had no clue because I before, and I'm sure you've done it too. Like I gave so many empty promises, you know, I'll get a job. I'll find the grandkids for you, mom, so you can be a grandmother, blah, 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 be a better dad. And it never worked out. So my question to you is, what are some of the first things you decided to do that changed your life? Like, yes, you heard the voice, like, but what were some of the actions you took that started giving, you know, pointing you in that right direction that you were never going to go back to alcohol or drugs and that you were done? I made a fucking choice. Right. It's the same thing that you did. You might not see it at that, right? You didn't know what to do, but what you but what you did was you made a choice to admit that you didn't really know what to do, but you were going to figure it out one way or another. I'm going to tell you exactly how I did it, how I do it, and how anyone out there out there can do it if they wanted to follow the I'm a Comeback Principles. They don't have to join my program. They can buy a book. They don't. They can listen to this. They can get in my high end coaching. They can get in my lower ticket tier product like community. It doesn't matter because I'm a, the principles are the same and they're for everybody. Number one, you have to have faith. Now, faith in my program simply means believing in something you can't see right? I do believe in God. I do believe in the universe, but however, God doesn't work in parked cars. And I know this, when the guys come to me and they like, and they're here, those are the guys who want to take ownership. They have to believe in themselves. Just like you said, you didn't want to look in the mirror to brush your, brush your hair, brush your teeth, do your, your beard, right? Like, of course not. And why is that? Cause you didn't believe that you could do it. You lacked confidence. You had no self-awareness, no self-discipline. You were ashamed of who you were just like me. So when I look at faith and I made that choice, I'm like, you know what, motherfucker, you need to do it. Like you need to believe in yourself for the first time. Cause I didn't believe that I could do it. And then I would question myself, well, who are you to believe in yourself? You failed miserably thousands of times. I had to put that negative voice to, to bed and say, you know what? I'm going to do this no matter what. So I started doing things every day, like writing down, I'm a winner. I'd write it down thousands of times. I'd listen to you. Any, so what my faith element was like, what could I do to develop me, to develop myself, to believe in myself every day, to become the most confident, most elite, most powerful version of myself. So that was the first thing I did. And that took time. The second was I had to commit because I was broke. I was millions of dollars in debt when I, when I finally did this. I was $1.5 million cash liquid upside down. Okay. And I would work my ass off. I was the top producer. I'd work around the clock, bell to bell, create other side hustles. I would do what I could do to take care of, like, I had to commit no matter what, that I was going to work harder than every single person that ever I met, right? Not to be like the rock, but that's what I had to do. So right. I do that, admit to that. And then the third most important thing is the family F, right? So I'll, I'll give these things real quickly. Faith, finances, family, fitness, future, freedom, foundation. I need to believe. I need to work harder than everybody else, which is hit my finance F to make money because you can't keep a roof over your head just fucking hoping and praying and wishing it's going to work out for the most important piece, which is my family. Right. And it was Absolutely. time for me to love that kid and be the father that he needed. So I would stare at this moment because I didn't have him. You went nine years. I only had to go five months, right? But those five months, dude, I would intensify the thought. I would start future pacing. I can't wait to get him back. I thought I went from him thinking that 
or from me thinking that he didn't deserve me to me knowing that I'm the like today, I'm the most powerful, the most consistent, responsible, like stable thing in his life. But it started in my mind years ago. The third, right. the third F was the family, right? I had to anchor in on him. Not not like for him, even though he was the catalyst and the spark, it had to be for me to want to be the dad that he needed. He deserved right. I get that. That's a fucking deal that a lot of guys miss. Any asshole yep. can go create a bunch of money, right? Or create businesses or whatever it is, or go to the gym and get, get super ripped, they, but they, right. they get to take care of their kids and be present, right? Anybody can, anybody can, can do that shit. The fourth half then goes into my fitness. So once I got those first three things down, I had to, I'd always been fit in my life. I'm still pretty fit today, but I'd always relied on steroids a lot of times. Not always, but I'd have bouts of steroids. I'd get down mm. to 5% body fat, shred. Like I just, I enjoyed the way that I looked that way, but really I was not healthy. So what I did was I looked at my fitness and then I encompassed like the ability to slow down every day to work on myself so that I don't die. I realized I was killing myself slowly with everything that I did. So the fitness portion in my program simply means like working on yourself so that you can be active. So you can have an energized long, like longevity in your life. Okay. Right. So Absolutely. Means reading books, feeding, you know, all those things, not just about deadlift, 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 or better. Right. <laughs> right. So what's interesting about it though, those were the choices that I made. That took me about, I don't know, seven, eight months ago to get that down working consistently. I'd hit those first four things. Those are like the, those are like the core four things I was doing. But what happened was I'd get to the point where I started asking and questioning, why am I doing this? Because when you have such massive right action intensity into those thoughts and those choices and those actions, mm-hmm. it leaves you feeling like, and you see your friends going out and you don't have a girlfriend and like, cause you know, that shit was empty in my life. And I'm like, well, why am I really doing this? Do I really want to be sober? I start questioning that stuff. Do I really want to be in control. Do I even give a fuck about this. And then what I did, and this is a big piece for all the guys and yourself included, is I created the future F, which is the, which is the, the fifth F. I had to create a vision that was so strong that I could touch it. I could feel it. I could taste it. I could smell it. That every time I had that thought, I would get into my journal. I'd get into my notebook. I would get into my goal setting and I would write it to where I could see it. Now, here's the fucking interesting thing, Max. Everything that I wrote down, I've accomplished. That's why I'm able to do it so quick because I focus. And I, and I still like, I got massive goals right now. Like I have full intentions of being a billionaire by the time I'm 45. I'm far away from that goal. Right. But I focus on it every day. I, right. I got four years. I don't know what I'm capable of in four years, but I'm not going to let off the fucking gas. I could tell you that, right? Because it right. pulls me forward. And here's what was happening. Everyday life can push you back to drinking. Not having an operating system can push you back to drinking. Friends, thoughts, emotions, choices, they can push you back to drinking. I needed that future pulling me, right? So when I, cre- I created it, when nobody could see it, and it all started because I had those pieces going. So the fifth F is future. And the sixth F, though, what happened was that when I started doing that, I felt good about what I was doing. I had this like underlying thing. I'm, I'm, I'm not drinking. I'm being a good dad. I'm in good shape. I'm making money. I'm doing all, but why the fuck am I so angry? Right? It didn't <laughs> right. make sense to me. It just didn't make sense. Right. Like you're, on the outside, I'm like, man, I can see all these really cool things I'm doing, but man, I'm super fucking angry. That's where I came up with the freedom F. See, here's why this is important for maybe for, for your listeners out there. Freedom is a three-stage game. The first level of freedom is being free from what we call the, the four pillars of sedation or whatever your vice, if you will, is. Right. Drugs, alcohol, sex, right? Or, or sex with the wrong people, pornography, right. maybe social media, overeating, undereating, right? Whatever it is that's causing you harm in your life that you're self-inflicting, self-sabotaging and choosing, you've got to be able to be free. I had to remove all those obstacles. And I'm like, okay, I got that down. Okay, that makes sense. I'm free from that. I went into why am I, why am I so angry? And then I was able to trace it all the way back to my childhood. And there's a lot I could go into about that. I have a ton of tools to help work on the why to the what, why I was really doing what I was doing. But I can literally tell you right now, as I'm talking and saying this, I can see the taillights leaving 
uh, my dad's, my dad and my brother leaving me from my house and me just fucking being at that moment, making a decision to never be hurt again. But it yeah. was made from a, pl- a place of rage, of abandonment, mm. of, of just emptiness. Okay. Right. Once I figured out how to deal with that, the anger slowly lifted. Now, here's the thing. I'm still angry at all the time. Right. So I just, I think it's just <laughs> kind of, it's been in there, right? but, it, right. but I've been able to use the anger, be aware of the anger back to the faith F to be able to use it for good. Right. Okay? So Absolutely. you're asking me how, how I did it, what I started doing, it took me about a year and a half to build that out. Then I realized the seventh F is called the foundation. And that was the foundation for me. Those were the <laughs> principles of my of I'm a comeback movement. I realized that if I could stack track measure these things each day, I could win. I could have a quantifiable result. See, I'm a businessman also. I can right. make money shining shoes or or selling water or whatever, right? Like at the core, I'm an entrepreneur. So I needed to be able to see results, just like I do in all the businesses that I run right now. I need to be able to see what's going on. I want to measure it. I want to track it. When I built this, these tools, now I have an app and stuff that I deliver to people. But when I built these tools, for me, I was doing them on pen and paper. I could see if I was winning each day. And when I opened up that gap to, gap to create this like future and this happiness, I'm like, dude, I am best when I am achieving. And I'm achieving this every day. If I just do this over and over and over, it's going to compound and stack. And that, Max, is how I've been able to create the most authentic, elite version of myself possible. Right. So you asked me, how did it start? With a fucking choice. Right. And like you just said, though, it's not like you just made that choice and then did nothing, right? Because it took work and you did the work every day. As we hear by Ryan, you know, do the work, do the work, do the work. And I I know that I, you know, I'm a late bloomer, but like, I get what you're saying, right? And that's like where my focus has shifted because I used to be so vague on like, okay, I want to be successful. But then people would ask me, what does that look like to you? Well, I don't know. (laughs) You know what I mean? What does it look like to you right now? I'll let me ask you a question. <laughs> right. So successful right now looks for me, looks to me that, right. I'm, I'm that father that I was always meant to be, that God wanted me to be, which I am now at 18 years, almost 18 years of sobriety. Right. Which for a long time, I didn't, even while I was sober, I didn't think I was that dad. Right. I'm a good husband. I'm a good grandfather. And for me, what success is like, if I tell you, Mark, I'm going to do something, I say what I mean. And I mean what I say. And you know, on that end that like, okay, if Max tells me he's going to do this, he's going to do it. That's success, right? So now I'm building on that, right? Trying to create my own business and and what that money amount looks like, right? But I had that challenge, like you said. So in November, this place eliminates my position, right? And then I, so I apply, you know, so I have some income, I apply for unemployment. Well, I'm still fighting the state of California for it, but I don't let that stop me. But it was something you said, like that could have been the thing that said, okay, Max is going to go drink again. Sure. But like you said, I made a choice every day. Nope. I'm going to fight through this challenge. I'm going to do what I got to do to take care of my family. And that to me is a success. You know what I mean? Like now I'm back at work at that place. You know, they wanted me back. So I'm working again, which, you know, takes a little bit of the burden off. It's not exactly what I want to do, but it's what I love to do. It's my passion, right? It's maybe not my purpose, but that's success, right? I overcame that challenge and I'm taking care of my family. I'm taking care of my kids. I'm taking care of my grandkids and I provide a home for the people I love, right? So as that evolves, like you said, as I write down and get more specific, like say what my income is going to look like going into next year. Now I understand like guys like you, when they say that, you know, you got to be specific and I'd be like, ah, okay, whatever. Like, but I know now talking to you that I know you probably wrote down what I'm going to make this year or whatever, right? And success. To be honest with you, is having this interview with you today. Like, cause there's, you know, we have our naysayers. Like when I started this podcast, people are like, whatever. 
right? And I was my own worst enemy. It took me so long to get it started, right? Because I want to be a perfectionist or I didn't know how to edit and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, one of my coaches and mentors had said, look, Max, perfect doesn't mean done. Just do it. Believe. And like you said, one of my biggest pillars is that faith. Now I have such faith that God's going to take care of me as long as I do the work and do the right thing that, you know, I'm going to have the life that I've always wanted, right? I may have done it slowly, but I'm exactly where I need to be. So that's you success. Mentioned like two or three times about slowly, slowly, slowly. Fuck, who cares? Exactly. And I'm just saying, like, I don't care. Like, I'm, I'm in it for the long haul. But I know I've talked to some people, you know, like outside of here and they're like, if I don't have it by tomorrow, I'm quitting. Well, that's your problem, right? Like, it may take a while. To have this interview with you today, to me, is a, is one of my biggest successes today in the podcasting world and in my life. You know, I get to finally meet Mark Jennison, who shares it real and raw. And, and that's what I want this podcast to be, because they're going to hear from you what it took, like on your end, right? And you said you made a decision, you made a choice. And when we make that choice, because I couldn't agree with you more, like when I put that drink and that needle down, great things started to happen, right? Because I did, like some of my most famous prayers happened in jail, right? Like, please, God, just help me get out of this this one last time. So what? I didn't go to prison. That was God saving my butt, right? And I'll tell you an interesting conversation I had with my bunkie one day, right? I used to have this picture of my kids, right? When I was running the streets and I'd always leave it with this one person. I'd say, oh yeah, she's babysitting it. Well, one night I was, you know, I'm on the top bunk and I'm, I'm into the self-pity and I'm like, poor me, poor me. And you know how it goes, right? Like my life sucks. And you know, I love my kids though so much. Well, my bunkmate, when I was done goes, if you love your kids so much, what the fuck are you doing here? That was one of those moments like, well, yeah, in that setting, I was like, that motherfucker just disrespected me. Like, I'm going to have to beat his ass now, right? But what happened was, is we stood toe to toe and I just looked at him and I said, you know, you're absolutely right. And from this day forward, I, I made different choices. And the guy gave me a hug and he said, go out and get right, you know, and here I am talking to Mark Jennison, you know, almost 18 years sober, living the life I want to live because I get to make those decisions, like you said, on a daily basis of being the best that I can be every day, right? So I just know it's, I'm a work in progress as all of us are, and God's always molding us, right? But we get to make those choices every day to do that. And uh, that's what success means to me. You know, and I know I'm on the right path now. I'd say you are, man. My, my advice to you coming from, you know, it's not about 18 years or six years. Um, yeah. There's one thing that I've been able to do inside of the uh, the six years is I fucking tripled down and I just, I don't quit. Like I, I'm too dumb to quit. And <laughs> I, love, you know, I love that. You're right. Yeah, You're so right. Dumb. Yeah. Like, like, do you think, talk about naysayers, bro? I took a, I took an industry that people hate a different way than 12 steps. I knit, I blasted all of the internet and I get people to fucking charge, I charge for it. Right. right. What, uh, when they have a saying that's been solidified since the 1930s and 40s of what's given to you should be given away freely. Well, nothing for me in my own comeback has been free. It's came at the expense of millions and millions of dollars and time that I can never fucking get back. Okay. Right. So you talk about naysayers. I face them every day. There's going to be people that hear this podcast. Like, this guy's a fucking idiot. Good. Right. I'm glad that they hear that. Don't fucking <laughs> touch me. get away from me. The people who want my help are going to be listening and ready for my help. But here's the thing. At the end of the day, we're doing a great thing. We're both putting a message out there and that's what this thing is about. So man, I really want to, I want to thank you for allowing me to be here today. Oh, I, I appreciate it so much. So one of the questions I love to ask my guests, right. Um, is I wrote a book and it's basically my journey from addiction into recovery and the things I did to like you, you know, like the choices I made and the decisions I made to be a better human being. So what I like to ask them, it's called fearless happiness, right? So what does fearless look like for you? Like you kind of already described how you are. You just do the work every day and you don't quit. 
but what does fearless look like for you and how does that show up in your life every day? Man, fearless is, is the ability just to get up and keep going for me because the truth is I don't necessarily, I don't really have any fears. The biggest fear that I have in my life is that something bad is going to happen to my kids and my family, right? Like right. I, I have famous like feelings of deja vu. I just had one where on this phone call or on this, this podcast where I'm like, wait a minute, I've seen this before something bad happens. That's my mind fucking with me, even though I know everything's perfectly fine. Um, when you look at the word fearless, I don't think fearless really, really, really truly exists, but I think intentionful exists more meaning that I have full intention every day to get up and fucking dominate my day. And if I'm dominating my day, then fears don't have time to fester inside of my head. That doesn't mean that I'm not afraid to lose the care about it. When it comes to like what people are, are, are fearful of, of starting a business or quitting, putting down a bottle or, or even people that are afraid to ask that guy or girl out or to lose weight or to go to the gym and walk on a treadmill. Like that is bullshit. That shit doesn't have time to like, like just do it. Like literally right. it sounds dumb, like Nike, just fucking do it. Take the actions every day and fear becomes eliminated at the same time. The same, the thing that you're afraid of is how, like, like I get things in my mind or my, my stomach, like, ah, man, I did a massive show the other night with 7 million listeners. Okay. And it's probably the biggest show that I've been on. I was like going into it, it was late at night. I don't normally stay up that late. It was like 11, 1130. And I'm, I'm getting, ah, man, I don't really you know want to do this. I'm tired, blah, blah, blah. My right. mind's telling me these things. I'm like, fuck off, you fucking pussy. There's 7 million people. <laughs> right. And I used it as a guide. I went in and I crushed it. Like, so fearless only exists if you allow it to exist. Or I'm sorry, fear only allows it, uh, only exists if you allow it to exist. Absolutely. Right. And so that's exactly it. Right. Facing our fears, despite our, you know, fear and just doing it anyway is what I heard. And that's what you get to do every day. So the other question I like, the second half of my title is happiness. And I put a Y in it for a reason. And people always, I still get you spelt it wrong, you idiot. I go, no, I did it for a reason. You'll figure it out when you listen to my podcast. So I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> so what is happiness for you? What does that, what does that look like? And how does that show up knowing I put that Y in the happiness? So, so happy. It's funny because this morning it's been a long time, man. I've been getting, uh, let's put it this way. 2021 has not been my year as far as from the business. We're growing. Top line is massive, helping a lot of people, right? But Facebook's been difficult. Advertising, it's been it's been a fight nonstop, right? right. It's been spent about $3 million a year just on, on advertising on Facebook. And it's fucking wild sometimes. It doesn't work well. Anyways, my point is I have been struggling and fighting since November of last year. We've been through the pandemic. We went through the election, went through iOS 14.5, went through all the criticism and naysayers. Same shit everyone's going through, right? Um, but I've stayed focused. I stayed intense into it and I haven't been real happy, but at the same time, I'm fucking extremely happy. So let me tell you, there's a different, there's multiple facets of happiness for me. Okay. okay. Today I did a happiness stack because it was the first time when I kept writing down happiness shows up is two things, hard work and peace. When I'm working hard, I have peace. I've always been working hard, but here's what happened. The hard work, November, December, January, February, March, April, May, June, into July, it's been stacking and stacking and stacking. And even when it feels like I'm getting my ass kicked, all of a sudden something opened up. We had something open up this week, which gave me just a tiny glimpse. Doesn't mean I'm in the, doesn't mean I'm in the, the clear, but that right. hard work equated to that peace. And I woke up this morning and I have peace. So for me, hard work, peace, action, those things mean something. The other side of happiness is the ability to let my family thrive, period. I've got a wife and three kids. I've got my son we mentioned. I've got a, uh, my wife, Kendra, uh, two daughters, Jade and Bailey, and my son, Phoenix, and the ability to let them thrive and live the life. Like they don't have to worry about a fucking thing. 
right? Mm. Their biggest their biggest worry is where we're going to eat dinner tonight, right? Or what we're going to have for dinner or where, right. where what, what lake am I going <laughs> to or what dirt bike right. am I going to ride or what they don't like, like the way that it should be. So, but being able to provide for my core immediate family brings me an internal happiness, but it all comes at, at the sacrifice of one thing, facing a fear every day and never fucking quitting. So it's interesting that you have fearless happiness together because to me, they go, they go hand in hand. Absolutely. And that's why you say that about motocross and stuff. Like I live in, in Fallbrook, California, right? Which sure. is known for the avocado capital of the world, but also there's a lot of motocross riders out here that have homes out here with their, you know, and I live next to Temecula and, you know, I'm always seeing bikes going it's everywhere. It's the, Mecca, it's the Mecca of motor, uh, motocross down there. Yeah. So, um, so that's awesome, right? Like, I'm so glad we got to connect and people got to hear your story and, and what you do and how you do it and how you show up for life every day. It's just about, you know, sometimes half the battle is just getting up, putting on your boots and getting out and doing it, right? Like you said, and being relentless about it. So I really appreciate you coming on and being a guest. How can the audience, if they, they want to seek out your help or, you know, join your program, whatever, let them know how they can get a hold of you, Mark. Sure, real easy. Um, I'm a comeback.com. I am a comeback.com. And it's it's set up the way that we have the website done. You're not going to go there and learn a ton of information. We literally know that people have a problem. So we want to solve them fast. The idea behind our funnels, our marketing, everything we do is you have an issue, get to us as quick as you can, make the choice, and we'll help you where we want, right? It's going to be your choice. Um, so you can go to imacomeback.com and check that out. I have a book, a couple of different books, but one that we're actually pushing right now, which is called It's Not a Disease, It's a Choice. It's on Amazon. It's a great piece of information if someone wants to read that thing. Or you can find me on Facebook, not personal one, because I hate responding to people on there, but my business is <laughs> Mark Jennison Jr. And uh, yeah, man, Instagram as well, Mark Jennison Jr. So imacomeback.com is the best way to find me. Awesome. This has been great. Like, see, this to me, I've had a successful day, man. I get to talk to Mark Jennison and you know, life's looking good. Any last thoughts for our audience before yep. we I'll end it like this, man. I'll end it like this. The greatest gift, the greatest power we possess, the ability to choose. Today, you're going to choose to win. You're going to choose to lose. But at the end of the day, it's your choice. Nobody owns it but you. So whatever you do with it, fucking do something with it. You say you have a successful day today. It's only, what, uh, 1051 by you right now? Yep. Go or 10 or 11, 1051. Go fucking do something. The day's not over. Take the small win. Take the victory. Take the excitement. Take the energy and go fucking win. So same for everybody out there. All right, Mark. I appreciate your time. Thank you for coming on. I mean, it was like a kid in a candy store when Sam like messaged me. I was like, yeah, finally. He, the universe put it out. He heard me. <laughs> but it was a great, awesome. great time with you today. Um, I'm sure the audience has got golden nuggets from what you shared today. So I appreciate you taking the time and being here. Thanks for being on my podcast. And we will talk soon. All right, brother. Take care of yourself. Thank you.